0: our scripture this morning is familiar it is a beloved psalm it only has eight verses and as you are, are able i'm going to ask you to help me read the text in the way that we think it was intended to be understood if you could pull out your pew bible we'll be looking at psalm 121 it's on page 560 of your Old Testament, kind of in the middle of the book. And as you're turning your, your pages, imagine you are a traveler, and you are about to embark on a journey. And in this moment, you are standing on the threshold of a new beginning. And as you stand there, imagine someone you trust, someone you know is standing next to you, perhaps a parent or a grandparent or a loyal friend or a beloved Sunday school teacher or school teacher or mentor or coach. And you all will read the voice of the one who is leaving, that is verses 1 and 2, and I will read the rest of the passage which is the response to the one, which is the response of the one staying behind. Let us listen for the word of the Lord. Are you all ready? All right, you're verse one and two, and I'm the rest. I lift my eyes to the hills. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Amen. Well, I'm gone for three months on a sabbatical and bam, two new Sunday school classes have launched today. Youth kickoff is tonight. Worship readiness, children's choir, Sunday school for kids. The choir is cranking. PW women, men's group, plans with our mission partners are all ready to roll. 19 new members join the church over the summer. More than 10 babies are either on their way or have been born since I've been gone. One is back there in the corner. I'm pretty sure I should go on sabbatical more (laughs) often. As I've mentioned, it was time for me to refocus and rest. But as I reflect, I can admit with a fair dose of humility, that I was exhausted. I suspect many of us were exhausted as COVID finally began to ease up. But either way, we all understand what it means to be tired. If you are three, you pitch a fit in the aisle of the Harris Teeter. If you are 5, you whine until a nap is enforced. If you are 6 or 8 or 9 or 10, the tone of your voice may result in a break from technology. If you are older, say a teenager, you may be short-tempered or yell or want to be alone, which ironically is exactly how your parents may behave when they are exhausted too things start breaking down when we're very tired. But I'm not just talking about being physically tired. Burning the candle at both ends or staying up all night with an infant, those are not sustainable endeavors. Whoever came up with the phrase, sleeping like a baby, never had a baby. But I'm talking about another kind of weariness that makes our bones hurt and our souls melt. We can't eat. We can't sleep. When we stand on the threshold of a new beginning and we lift our eyes to the hills, we have no idea what we will encounter. And sometimes we stand with our bags packed, and they're full of joy and anticipation. We plan for this. We prayed for it. We hope for it. We're ready. And sometimes we've been forced to stand at the trailhead by circumstances beyond our control or desire. And that weight of lament is heavy to bear. No, God, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. I'm not ready for it. I can't. In either case, there almost always seems to be a parcel of fear or anxiety tethered to our backs. It is a weariness born from the depths of insecurity and worry for what we cannot control or predict. Navigating the halls and friends of a new school. Navigating the halls of atrium with a loved one. Starting a new job, joining the military, starting college, learning a new trade quitting or losing a job, retirement, moving to a new city or college, starting over as a single person, seeing a counselor for the first time, coming out to your parents, the first AA meeting, a positive test, a negative test, riding the school bus for the first time, explaining active shooter drills to six-year-olds, a light bill on top of gas prices, on top of new school shoes, on top of uniforms, on top of 10-hour shifts of minimum wage. The traveler asks her friend, from where will my help come as I lift my eyes to those hills? Who's going to help me out there? And then she shrugs and says, Don't worry, I already know the answer. My help comes from our creator, the one who created heaven and earth. That's the one that has got the whole world in his hands. And our trusted companion says, but wait a minute. Yes, God did create the heavens and earth, but God also created you. You see, this ancient song was sung by travelers like you and me. It's an everyday song for an everyday life, for everyday people. Folks in small villages and rural areas, farmers, hunters, shepherds, mothers with small children, fathers working early to late, they knew tears and jubilation, they celebrated and lamented, and for all of their living, religion was not a pastime, God was not a concept, faith was not a moralistic ideology. These people understood that the entirety of who they were created to be, their purpose, their identity, their experiences, their decisions, their joy and their peace, their relationships, their giftedness and generosity, even their failures and mistakes and shortcomings and doubts, once they have been reconciled, relied fully upon God's provision. God provides, in Latin, Pro-video. God has foresight. In Hebrew, it translates as to see about. God provides. We find this word's origin on the mountain when God prevented Abraham from sacrificing his beloved son, Isaac. In that moment, God was not simply watching Abraham. God sees Abraham and intervenes As Karl Barth explains, the Lord, you see, is never absent or passive or non-responsible or impotent, but always present, active and responsible and omnipotent. God is never dead, but always living. God is never sleeping, but always awake. God is never uninterested, but always concerned. God is never passively waiting, but even when God seems to be idle, even when God permits, God always holds the initiative. And it is in this reality of God's providence that we understand and we experience our coexistence and partnership with God. these people that we hear of in the Psalms, they knew they couldn't make it on their own. And deep down, I suspect we all know that too. You see, to claim God as our helper and our keeper is to admit that we need helping and we need keeping. And that's not always as easy as it seems. I've been ordained now for 16 years And as a result of my vocation, my life has been ordered by worshiping here in this sanctuary with all of you on Sunday mornings. 52 Sundays each year, 16 years. And let's be honest, folks like Margot and Fred and Gay and me, we have it easy. We have to be here. And so in full disclosure, I attended worship twice during the course of my sabbatical. And guess what? I can honestly say it was awesome. I slept in, I drank coffee, I exercised, I visited friends, I journaled, I even communed with nature. So now I get it. But guess what else? By the time August rolled around, I found myself watching a variety of churchy things online. YouTube sermons and choirs. I started reading prayers and liturgy. I began craving the rhythm of weekly study and worship in a community of people I love and trust, a community of fellow travelers who hold me accountable to the journey. And even though our family has to negotiate how and when we worship and serve together here at Selwyn, even though Rob and I have two busy teenagers, each navigating their own faith lives. I know now that we rely on worship together with you to keep us honest and to order our God and guide our daily living. And so like me, and like some of you who may have been away from church for a little while, the Israelites in Psalm 121 would make the long trek back to the temple in Jerusalem for the religious festivals at least three times a year, and the journey was long. It could be dark, the roads were dangerous, and so they sang these psalms to pass the time. They would teach their children these psalms, and along with the Shema and liturgies and the commandments, that is how their kids understood their faith. And we do this too with precious songs like Jesus Loves Me and This Little Light of Mine, but honestly my family's road trips skewed heavily towards Bruce Springsteen if we expect to teach our children about who God truly is, and thus who they truly are, created in God's image, baptized into the church, toward a life of discipleship, then we must first commit to our own ongoing, committed pursuit of discipleship and theological understanding. A diet of born to run, and this little light of mine isn't going to cut it the arduous journey of adolescence, much less an entire lifetime. And So you all remember, the Lord is your helper too. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord watches over you, protects you, provisions you, and so you must travel through the hills towards the temple. And right here, right now, we stand on the threshold of a new beginning. And maybe you stand in this threshold willingly. Maybe not. But every child is our child. Every youth is our youth. Every single adult we encounter is a child of God. There's no shortcut. There's no online substitute. We cannot hire the job out, and we cannot ask someone else to prepare our children for the journey ahead. And neither can we protect them from the realities of this world and what it means to be human. To be clear, there's no Easter story without the nails and the wrists. And if we whitewash it, the reality of their faith they will not be prepared to make their journey on their own down the road. And if we cut corners, they will not be ready to take the necessary risks in pursuit of God's wholeness and peace, not only for themselves, but for those who need their hands and their voice in this world. And if we sell them short, they will not be willing to sacrifice their comfort or share their resources in the name of discipleship. But most of all, if we do not show up for our children and our youth, they won't understand that they are created and designed with great intention and love for joy through God's gifting and creativity and not their own ability to be perfect or successful. So yes, we've been away. Yes, our patterns for learning and worship together have been disrupted. Yes, each of us, each household, is going to have to negotiate our priorities and reorder our comings and our goings accordingly. But our youth are still searching for advisors to join them once a month on Sunday nights. And our mission partners at GEP are ready to invite you into their work together and they need help after school. And our worship group would love for you or anyone in your household to usher. And if you don't know how to open a Bible, or if you're a well-seasoned biblical scholar, if you're a young visitor or a long-time member, our adult education classes start at 9.30 and they are designed for you. Lift your eyes to the hills. Drop the baggage of yesterday. Leave the parcels of anxiety and fear at the door and let's gear up because today, today we stand on the threshold of a new beginning and we will all come and we will all go, but here's the promise. As you walk in faith, God will keep you. God will not prevent pain or disappointment or error, but God will keep you from evil. God will protect you and watch you. God will provide for you. God is with you. Our God does not sleep and our God refuses to let you go. I lift my eyes to the hills. Let's go.
1: Holy and gracious God, as our teacher, you came to earth to enlighten us into the ways of loving our neighbors. Guide us at all ages as we seek your truth in the stories of our ancestors, in the pages of books, and in the mystery of the world. At all ages, we seek to engage, explore, and explain the majesty around us. Remind us of the joy when we first learn to read. Give perseverance through the struggle of learning disabilities, ADHD, and social anxieties. Remind teachers when patience is lost of their love for their students and their vocation. Let the actions of support and facility staff benefit the learning of all without being mired in paperwork. Help all grown-ups to give grace after injuries, failed quizzes, poor behavior choices, so that we can all remember the grace of your love and freedom of your restorative reconciliation. Help us to hear you in the words of those sent to help us. Holy God, education is so often the path to freedom from poverty and oppression let your justice break the inequity of our education system and for those who lack access to education. Segregated schools, kids without access to books and Wi-Fi or even electricity to use their Chromebooks. Understaffed schools creating unsafe and untenable learning environments. Girls not permitted to attend school around the world. Children who must walk to water instead of reading a book those who trade their ration of food in refugee camps for a single pencil, those blocked off from opportunity because of illiteracy. Teach kids that they are loved beyond measure without end. Teach them too that they have your love within their hearts and it is meant to be shared with others, especially for the new kids searching for a place to sit at lunch or the one who is being bullied and left out. Today we seek healing for those who have lost their children and need our comfort in the midst of ceaseless, overwhelming grief. Lastly, God, give us the capacity as a nation to find solutions to the issue of school gun violence. Give us the courage to not turn a blind eye. Help us, our civic leaders and politicians, to transcend the deep divisions within our country and to put an end to this tragic reality, no matter what, once and for all. Lord, above all, we pray for those in schools, protect them, protect us, protect them, protect them, protect our children. These things we ask in your name, saying the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in the heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
2: And now, friends, not because we have to, but because we are grateful. Let us return to God what is ours to share. Let us joyfully offer our time and our treasure, our commitment, and our prayers. instructs us to train up a child in the way they should go. And even when she is old, she will not depart from it. At this time, I would like to invite our teachers, educators, teaching assistants, Sunday school teachers, and coaches to join me around the baptismal font as we remember the promise of baptism that were made on our behalf and the promises that we have made on the behalf of others Please come forward. As you make your way forward for our prayer, you're invited to place a hand on the font or on the shoulder of the person in front of you. Let us now pray in dedication and gratitude. Holy God, all we have, through all these times, been tired, and sometimes we need help refilling our cups, times when our stamina grows weak and our wells have run dry. We give thanks for your never-ending stream of love and grace. We pray especially for the energy and the comfort of those who are committed to teaching and to coaching others. For these gathered among us who who pour their love and care out daily for their students and all those they encounter, Lord, be the source of all they need, especially when their cups are drained. Give them wisdom and understanding, patience and grace, joy and love, not only for their students but for themselves. Thank you for calling each of them into this sacred vocation of teaching. Lord, we have faith in you, and so we seek to understand and to know you. Inspire our hearts and our minds, give us each a desire to learn and to grow in faith. May these, our offerings of time and talent and treasure, be multiplied and used for your glory. Amen. Thank you all. I invite you now to rise in body or in spirit as we sing hymn number 765, We'll be singing the refrain this morning in Spanish.
0: times and we would have nailed it (laughs) but God is pleased that we worship together today and now as you leave this place may God's blessing go with you and may the Lord's grace go where you go until we meet again in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit now and forevermore amen